0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the CPA Lady Podcast. My name is Marjorie McPike. I am your host today. I'm your host of the podcast. Um, I have with me today, usually I kind of go into my spiel, but we have such an exciting topic. We are going to be talking about debt, the word debt, debt, the infamous debt that everyone just doesn't like to talk about. So I have with me today, Debt Free Joelle, And Joelle, I'm going to let you introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Sure. I I appreciate you having me, Marjorie. So my name is Debt Free Joelle. Um, The whole point of our purpose of my life um, that's taken its own turn is to help educate uh, minorities, specifically Black people, on how to be better with money. Um, And the way I usually do it either on my channels or on Instagram or whatever it is, It's usually three ways, right? So the first way is through saving. The second is through investing. And most importantly, the third is through charity. Mm -hmm. Um, From an academic perspective, um, I have a bachelor's in applied mathematics and statistics. Mm -hmm. I have a master's in finance, an MBA in finance. um, And I also hold the CFA designation, which is a chartered financial analyst designation.
2: Um,
1: All that don't matter. What really matters is that I'm 100% debt-free. No student loans, no car payments, no credit cards nothing i don't owe anybody anything so if i can do it anybody could do it
0: that's impressive so so tell tell us about your your debt free journey cuz you said you don't owe anybody so it's like some people could have like you know very little debt to begin with but yeah. well, what was your journey like um you- i mean
1: just typical yeah i mean it's, it's basically the typical type of journey right you have your student loans um that you that you've been sitting there with you have your credit cards and then eventually i had a car Um, But the way it actually all this started, I always say the same thing is that my best friend since kindergarten um, had extra money at the time. Um, They were flipping houses uh, Mm -hmm. during that real estate boom. Mm -hmm. So when he had extra money at the time, we were all going out one day and he came, picked me up from my mother's house. I hop in the front seat of his car. And usually when I link up with him, we talk about money. We talk about literally everything under the sun. So when we're talking, he's like, yeah, you know, I just paid off my student loans and a light bulb went in my head.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and I didn't say nothing for the rest of the night in terms of that. It just, it just clicked in my head, so when I got home, it was, you know, mind you, we're all out in the city having fun, but this, this nagging thought, I was like, that's such a great idea. How did he do that? So, when I got home, I made the decision, you know, don't buy the car, don't do this, don't do that, pay off your student loans, nice. so I had about 30 to, I think it's about 30 grand in student loans, and I paid them off, you know, after it, it basically beating him in the face, stayed home and just beat him in the face as much as possible in terms of the student loans. After that was done, I remember seeing him about a year later, sat in the front seat of his car and said, you know, I paid off my student loans, right? And then it, from there, it just took off. So then um, I was able to move, then I bought a car, I financed the car. Then randomly one day, I'm like, I'm done paying the car, you know, paying these payments every single month, paid off the car. And then the last thing I had was credit cards. I think it was like seven grand. So one day um, after year end, you know, you start to get your tax return,
2: right. right?
1: Which everybody thinks is free money, but it's not, you know, that more than anybody, <laughs> right? So it's not free money for everybody. everybody's watching. A tax return is not free money. That is your money. And you basically lent it to the government with no interest. Yes. But i leave it alone. That's it. So, that's it. Um, I remember I got the tax return. I put some more money on it. And I remember sitting in my apartment, you know, borderline in the dark, paid off that credit card. And I was like, this hurts. And then from that day, I started to realize that our emotions are built towards a way from that. We think it's normal. Um, it wasn't until like the month after I started to realize, yo, I don't owe anybody. Mm -hmm. This is before creating the channel. This is before having conversations with people. This is just me living my life.
0: Right.
1: Um, but that's basically the debt-free journey. It started off. I always give my best friend credit. He was the one that started. And you know, he basically said that he lit the fire and I poured the entire gasoline bottle. Right. And just oh. took it from there and just started running with it. So so you said
0: this hurt. So was it the hurt because you you spent all of your t- income tax refund, right? So you didn't have any right. more. Or was it the hurt of I don't know. <laughs> it's like, You're departing you with
1: money that you would normally keep.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I guarantee you for the majority of people who are watching this podcast right now, if they have credit card payments, the majority of them can pay off their credit card today if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. They choose not to because they'll, they'll beat up their savings. Right. Right. So right. let me help everybody who's listening. You don't mm-hmm. have a savings if you have debt as well like that.
0: That's a bar. No.
1: You really don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Because at the end of the day, you can have seven grand in, in your savings account. But if you have five grand on a card, you you net the two, you really have two grand. Right. And a lot of people don't like going through that process of, of remember, you're giving money away that's not going to please you. We're, we're by nature, by humans, we want to be, you know, we, we want that acceleration of, of stimulus, right? We want to buy something, Amazon packages all over the place, right? But When you pay off debt, there's. You've, you've already bought it a long time ago. Right, right, So now it's like you're paying for something that you probably enjoyed that you don't even care about anymore. And a credit card is the worst because you usually don't know what's on the credit card that got you to the point in the first place. That's it's true. usually the worst types of debt, right? You're st- like the degree right behind you. You can point to that and say, yes, I know what got me to that, right? I, the CPA, I know what got me that. I know what got me through school. I right. can see the payment. I can make the payment. The car, you can go outside and see it. Right. The credit card that's accumulated over the years. You have no idea what you bought.
0: That's true. That's true. And then not just that, but you know, you're paying for something multiple times because of the interest rate that you're paying. Yes. Right. It's not yes. just a cash purchase.
1: Yes. And again, to everybody in your audience, do not be fooled by these people who said they're going to give you cash back. Right. You, right. Think about it. Yes, they do give you cash back, but you have to think about the behavior behind the money. Why would credit cards companies whose primary purpose is to lend you money, give you money back? Right. Th- there's no, th- they're not doing this because they're trying to help you. Statistics show that you're more likely to overspend when you use a credit card.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So statistics have been showing this for decades now. So that's why if you know, especially where you are, baby, in Southern Cal, have you realized that people don't even take cash anymore? Right. They don't. Right. Think, no, about, the la- no, no. The, think about the last time you went out. Mm-hmm. right? You went out with your friends, went out with anybody. Usually everybody puts a card down
2: mm-hmm.
1: and what statistics show that you're more likely to spend using that credit card. Even if you pay off the balance every single month,
2: right? right?
1: They're going to make money off of somebody else who's overpaying mm-hmm. and not being able to um, pay off that debt. Cause all it takes is that one month to mess you up, right? right? That one month where you can't afford it. And then they hit you with that interest and then it starts to compound.
0: That's true. Very true. Okay. So what, so your debt-free journey, it wasn't, it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to total up all of my credit card debt and then go at it. It was exactly. more in stages.
1: Yeah, okay. I did it. I did it before learning about the debt-free community. I did it before learning about Dave Ramsey. <clears throat> I did it before all of, that. all of that. I didn't know what that journey was like. I knew I was going through it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know if there were specific steps in debt avalanche and you know the dead oh, snowball, you know? snowball. I just knew get it out the way,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Get it out the way, pay it off as much as you can, sacrifice whatever you can to get it out the way. And plus I'm a math guy, right? Mm-hmm. So because I have a background in math, I know when I'm being charged interest. Right. You should have saw my face when I, when I paid off my credit card and they still sent me a bill a month later because your interest is charged from the prior pay period not the current month. Mm-hmm. So for, yeah, exactly. for everybody watching, when you pay off your credit card this month, you still owe interest from the month before. So they'll still come and get the money one way or another. Right. It took two, I think it took two cycles to pay off your credit card fully because they're still charging you interest on the prior period.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So if someone is, is trying to pay off their debt, they should, should include like an extra month's payment when they make right. that final <clears throat> payment just to kind of take care of that.
1: Is you have to pay the interest, right mm-hmm. So for example, if we're in June right now, <clears throat> when they send you your bill, I think they're saying the interest for like April mm-hmm. And then next month when it's paid off you know you pay off for May and then whatever's left over is for June or something like that. I had to call American Express. Well, I called them right on the phone and I remember talking to the lady and she was really polite about it. she broke it all down. She was like, yeah, technically speaking you're paying interest from the prior period. So I think that's what a lot of people tend to forget. And what happens is it compounds over time, you know, 20 something percent interest, it compounds over time, compounds daily. Um, And then you just get into the habit of making the same minimum payments. Maybe you put a little bit extra, you Mm -hmm. feel good about yourself, but it really doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't doesn't do anything. Um, So yeah, I mean, for me, it was never, it wasn't just a full blown journey. Like, you know, how people put everything down. I just knew I hated that. I hated owing people. And then I just went from there. Just went from there.
0: So how many years has it been that you've been debt-free?
1: I think at this point, what year are we in? 2021. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I paid off my car. I would say 2017-ish. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. So four years being debt-free. Right. Yeah, I would
1: say about three. Yeah, actually, I'd probably say three. About that, about three, yeah.
0: So what do you find yourself doing with the extra, the money that you are paying for your debt? So what's been your strategy?
1: Yeah, I mean, so for me personally, after the debt's been done, um, you you remember, you have extra cash, you can do what you want now, right? So my savings is already, you know, built up from a six months perspective. Anything over six months goes to my regular investment account. So I've been investing long before the, you know, the, the ramp up that you've been seeing over the last two years, I've been investing for roughly 10 years now, 10 to 12 years. So um, you know, I take that extra money and I put it into like a mutual fund ETF and then it compounds over time. Um, but most importantly, and this kind of goes to a shock with people, I donate like hell.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. And it, when you donate money, you don't have to necessarily donate it to a church. Like I'm Catholic, for example. So I do donate to the church, but where you can donate is not only just for the church, but you can donate to your family. Right. Right. So one of the cool things I tell people are family and friends. So one of the things I tell people is imagine if you're debt free and you have extra money on hand,
0: mm-hmm. how many
1: family members or friends can you help?
0: You help. That's
1: true. Right. Quietly. Nobody needs to know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. PayPal and all this kind of thing. you can do all that quietly and no one would ever know that you're helping people mm-hmm. and then you can help them get out of debt. Right.
0: Right. So, right? so that's so you're building generational wealth that way by helping your family.
1: Right. Family, Family, friends
0: themselves. Right.
1: Exactly. And then when they get to that point, you tell them, look, go do the same thing for somebody else now.
0: I like that because a lot of times people, you know, generational wealth, we always talk about it and we think about it being just the lump sum of money that you can leave to your your. You know, your beneficiaries, the people that are going to inherit it, but it's not always like that. So that's a very good way to do it. You're helping the generations that are coming behind you by just helping them to be financially secure.
1: I'll take it a step further. Your generational wealth starts with your education. Mm. Okay. it doesn't start with your money.
0: Okay, so, so touch on that one.
1: Right. You're you're you're. Your educational, your, your financial wealth, your generational wealth starts with education, right? You have to learn about money. You have to learn about your behavior. You have to learn about what it makes to invest. You have to learn about certain things. Don't just depend on people all day long. And I think from an educational perspective, you have to learn about yourself. So I read a ton of books. Mm -hmm. So everything I told you guys, you know, MBA, all this kind of stuff. Most of the stuff I learned in personal finance was outside of school. Right. right what's the thing that they always tell you i wish i knew this in high school
2: right right, right?
1: well the books have been there
2: mm-hmm. we
1: just never read, them.
2: never read them
1: we just never read them the books have always been there people for hundreds of years now have been putting on paper how they got rich how they got wealthy how they managed their money and nobody read them so back in 2017 i can almost remember the date it was june 30 of 2017 I started reading. I started getting into reading and and listening to certain types of uh, motivational speaking and and how to educate your mind. But your finances start with your education and it also starts with your behavior towards money. A lot of people are scared about money. That's why people tell you, don't talk about the the three major things, right? Don't talk about religion, politics, and money, Mm -hmm. right? It's the reason why is because it causes conflict. There's a reason why, um, when I forgot the name of the institute, but when they talk about stress, right, and they talk, they start to rank stress every year. Money is top one or top two every single year. Wow. So you have to educate yourself on money. So, you know, I, I told my brother this one time. I said, you know, there's one thing to pass around generational wealth to your kids,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but you know, not to be facetious. But what about if your kid is, you know, that, you know, is an idiot? Like, <laughs> what about if your kid doesn't want to learn about money? right you just gave a kid who you know better than anybody Mm -hmm. all this money they're going to blow it Mm -hmm. you have to teach them educationally over time how to manage the money
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i like that i like that and then you're teaching them your thought process as well i I actually had someone else on the podcast and she mentioned that about um the the intangible part of generational wealth which is like education you're teaching them your beliefs your your why you did certain things so there's a discipline
1: right there is a rhythm to this there is a Mm -hmm. severe discipline to getting out of debt to getting your financial life in order have you noticed that like you can take all the money i've accumulated up to this time and i'll still be the same person because this has changed Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. right
1: this you can never take away right All the everything that I've learned like you could take someone who's a billionaire right now that took the time to earn their money, you take away their money, they're going to get their money back, right? Right. Because they have the intangible education. If you teach your kids at a young age, the power of a dollar, and you teach them about what really debt is, what is it to borrow money? What is it Mm -hmm. to spend your money? What is it to invest your money? You teach them young enough, they're going to carry those principles for the rest of their life. So even if they make bad financial decisions, they're able to maneuver out.
0: That's true. Mm-hmm. That's
1: and they true. learn from example.
0: Mm-hmm. That's very true. Very true. So, so do you do this just um, as a volunteer or do you actually provide services? Do you have like a side business where you're doing some people? With that so
1: the interesting part about all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Is this that this is not my profession per se,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because I work with investment advisors because of the CFA designation. But the way this all started was last year during the social unrest. Mm -hmm. Remember when everybody was like freaking out because of the George Floyd thing? There was a ton of protests all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, And I caught a lot of heat, but I just could not understand getting out in public during a pandemic, taking my mask on and screaming people's faces. I couldn't do it. I'm not knocking people who did. I just didn't see the logic, especially when the pandemic was hitting Black people the most. Right, right. But I figured you can't just complain about it. You got to do something differently. So what I did was I created, you know, first on my private page for Instagram to started giving away information about money. Because for me, it was like, whoever controls the money controls the rules. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I created the separate page and it kind of blew up from there. So everything that I've been doing in terms of helping people on the side, providing videos, I've been doing it for free. Just for free. Yeah, this hasn't been because of a business. This hasn't been, right? And that's why the funny thing about when I talk to my friends about this is like, so, you know, when you're going to open the full business, I this was never the intention.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The intention, you know, if I ever get to that point, that's one thing, but the intention has always been to get as much information out there to Black people on how to be better with money so that you can dictate the rules. You can dictate the rules of engagement from a minority's perspective.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, I do help people on the side. I've helped people for years. This is a funny thing is I've been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. Even before I was debt-free, I was helping people with their budgets and all that. But even now, because of everything over the last, you know, basically 12 months, I've just been giving the information away for free. That's
0: cool. I noticed um, in one of your YouTube videos, you said that you like making budgets.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like, I like to see the numbers add up because you it, it, again, you, I'm more of a very like, you know, specific, everybody mm-hmm. has a type A, type B personality, but you know, making a but a lot of people think a budget is restrictive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Oh, I don't want to do a budget. It's gonna, you know, I, I can't spend my money. No, I me personally, I think a budget is the financial mirror that I hold to your face.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It tells you the truth. Right? That's what a budget does. It just tells you the truth. And that's a very scary moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the same right? thing with the business, you know. It's like, it, it tells you exactly where your money's going, if you're making money, if you're not making
1: money. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the—that—that's why I like holding even myself to a budget because there's times even when you're debt free, you're like, yeah, I, I completely overspent that one. That, that was a bit much. I'm not carrying debt, but yeah, I overspent. But it holds you accountable. It holds you accountable to what you're supposed to be doing. So for me personally, the reason also reason why I like to to you know budget is because the expression you see on people's faces when you help them budget. Mm. See, when you help people budget, they come with the high numbers, right? I, I guarantee you, the people in your audience, when they do budgets, they have all the major items. Right. Right. They have the rent, they have the mortgage, they have the car payment, they have the student loan, uh, they have the cable bill, they have their phone bill, and it just after that is done. Mm-hmm. So when they do that budget, like you have three grand left over every month. How are you, like, how's this happening? Right. What you realize is the small things
0: small things that And they
1: add up. They have two Netflixes. They have, you know, three gym memberships. They have this, they have that. And doing a budget tells you the truth. And it, it tells your money where to go before your money tells you where to stay. You see what I'm saying? That's why I like a budget. Like you tell your money where to go. You're in charge of your money. Your money is going to tell you exactly where you're going to go, or it's going to tell you where you're going to stay. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you start working with someone um, with their budget, what I know it's kind of like review your past um, bank statements and things like that, but do you just, do you just do like an Excel spreadsheet? Do you tell them to just kind of write it down?
1: Well, I usually have like a template that I created myself that mm-hmm. I've always used for myself. So I kind of just like apply it to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the first things I do is I try to find out what you're like, what is this about?
0: Right.
1: Like, why are you here?
0: It always goes back to the why it's why. why.
1: Yeah. Cause something triggered you. Mm-hmm. Why are you here? It, oh, it's always because of a wedding. Uh, it's because of a car. I just don't like how I feel. Something's not right. I feel like I would never have money.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, one night I'm sitting there crying in the middle of the dark by myself. Cause I don't know how I'm gonna pay for everything. These are all things that I've heard over the years. Right. And usually the why is, is what you're looking for. Because the, the thing about budgeting, the thing about personal finances, the numbers, it's pretty easy, right? Is just subtraction adding? Maybe you have to multiply once or twice, mm-hmm. but it's pretty, it just put all the, your income at the top. All the things that take your money away at the bottom, you come up with a number. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you can figure out a strategy. But the problem is that you start to look at people's why because the why is what keeps them going, Mm -hmm. right? When you tell someone who has 50, 60, $100,000 in debt of student loans, for example, and you say, look, man, this is going to take 10 years roughly to pay off at this pace. They can do it for a couple months, but then you start to lose the the reason you start to lose the why. And, and I think everybody should have that purpose of, of trying to do it. I'm so, ex- you know, I'm extremely sympathetic to those type of things, because imagine you're, you're sitting there, you're budgeting, you're working hard, you've restricted some of your purchasing power and you got to do this for 10 years, you're going to be miserable. It's a long time. Yeah, so you try to make a little bit of breathing room in people's budgets so they can try to enjoy life. But that's why I start first. Even before the, the finances, I want to know the why. The
0: why. Yeah everything starts with the why yeah everything starts with the why
1: because then you can remind them that later on
0: i know i know it, it's that word and I, I probably shouldn't put this on camera but it's like i just don't like the details <laughs> for me
2: yeah yeah <laughs>
0: it's like I'm there. the bills are paid it's like i just don't like to sit there and do it
1: and you know what it does because the details show you who you are Mm -hmm. it's the details right Mm -hmm. from an (laughs) aggregate perspective you can say income minus expenses i'm done especially Mm -hmm. from an accountant's, forget about it right you can see it income statement done Mm -hmm. over but when you get into the details is when you start to see what are you exactly spending money on right and then you have to go into the bank statement now so i had one time i was having a conversation with somebody a good friend of mine helping them with their budget and Mm -hmm. she saves, you know, she was saving money. She had a hard budget on Excel. It was nice, color-coded ex- formulas all over the place. And she still wasn't saving money somehow. She had a line item that says she was saving a good amount of money, mm-hmm. but her bank balance did not match. Right. Well, after conversa- you know, conversing with her and asking questions, what you realize is every two days, there was an Amazon package coming through the door that she bought, <laughs> right? So what happened was, you're saving the money and then you're going into your savings and buy something. So you feel mm-hmm. good for two seconds and then you take the right. behavior and go buy something.
2: Right. So that's why
1: I think the details has to, the to be there because, or at least a target, right? So let's say you make um, four grand a month. If you say you want to save 10% of that every month, I should see your income balance, your balance on your statement increased by $400 every month. And do so you actually
0: work hands and hand on hands on with people like that yeah and
1: tell them wow yeah. Okay. yeah i mean as much as they want me to remember i i tell people all the time i argue with more with people about the behavior than i do the mathematics money is more about behavior than it is about mathematics it is so yeah. i you know i'm not a am ma- not a magic worker right i can't sit there and find you new money right you, you're you know you make a hundred grand a year After taxes, you make 60 grand. That 60 grand is 60 grand unless you get a raise, a bonus, something. Right. I can't find you new money. What I can do is tell you where that money is going based on your behavior. And a lot of times what you see is people are usually trying to fix something after the fact. Like For me to mess up Marjorie's life right now, all you need to do is go outside and buy a car that you don't want. They'll give you the car for free. They'll let you walk off the lot with it. You just got to stay there all day, right? You stay there all day, you're miserable, you got to call the bank, maybe they tell you to pay tax and title and you walk out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that car will set you back seven years.
0: Is this
1: true? Seven years. seven
0: years. And
1: then when they come to me, now take into account what I just mentioned, right? It took you 24 hours to put yourself into probably 30 grand of debt. Mm-hmm. Given that math, you think it'll take you 24 hours to do the same. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a little bit, it's it's weird how that works. People think that we can have the escape from debt as quick as we can get back into it. Like right. like, it's not that society makes it very easy to get into debt. They
0: do. They do. They do. They do. I I know. Um. But then the car thing, you know, very easy to go and get a car.
1: <laughs> very easy. today. You, right now, you can go. Like in New York right now, it was 630. If I want to go buy a car right now, they'll stay with me until eight, nine o'clock to get that car done,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they will. right? Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll, they'll give you the car for free at this point, you know, in terms of no down payment, they just want you to have that debt.
0: Right.
1: And then when you do, they got you for the next seven years mm-hmm. or five or whatever it is. That's
0: true. That's true. So do you... Do you work with any particular software or do you recommend for people that you work with to use a software?
1: It depends. I mean, I don't work with a software personally because I know Excel pretty well. So, you know, and I keep everything pretty minimal, mm-hmm. right? So I only have one credit card that I use, mm-hmm. right? That is basically paid off. All I have is the regular expenses that run through it every month, right? So that's you that you're able to maintain credit usage, but you're not going to, you know, do whatever you need to do. Okay. Um, But besides that, you know, I mean, there's a ton of programs. Acorn has a lot of programs that help you from a budgeting aspect. Um, They have, like, you know, the screen that tells you, breaks down your net worth and all that. I do all of it by hand, Mm -hmm. me personally. So every month at the end of the month, I take all my balances, I add them up, and boom, there goes my net worth right? My liquid net worth at least. And I keep track of that over time. I recommend everybody to do that. Keep track of your net worth that after time, because like you mentioned before, people don't like the detail, right? So the bills are paid. All right, I saved some money. Cool. But did you grow? But
0: Did you grow? Right.
1: You're the one that, right. You're the one that went to work that day. You're Mm -hmm. the one that was away from the husband, the one that was away from the wife, the one that was away from the kid, Mm -hmm. the one that was away from your friends, the one that was away from your family and you're not growing your money over it. So what do you like, why are we all going to work then?
2: That's, that's true.
1: Yeah, but there are some, I mean, there's a lot of software and programs that people can use. Me personally, I don't use them. I kind of do it from scratch
2: mm-hmm.
1: because the programs, they feel good, but they don't change the behavior. The
2: behavior.
1: The, the, the behavior is where you find the change. Me personally.
0: Going back to this behavior.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean. Behavior mindset,
0: behavior mindset. And that, that translates to anything, you know, whether it's personal finance, whether it's business, whether it's um, taxes in the county. And I should probably kind of ask that question too. Is like, do you find um, people that you, you come in contact with, are they up to date with their taxes or is that like another area that they fear?
1: Yeah, they fear, them. they fear the taxes. So like I mentioned before in the beginning, right? People think the tax refund is a re- you know is, is like extra money. It's not your money. It's it's not extra money. It's been your money, right? One time, um, right?
2: You know they they <laughs> fear <tax>. they, yeah
1: <laughs> they fear taxes they fear bill collectors they fear you know debt they fear everything about money. Mm-hmm. You know what? Money is one of those things where it hits you twice, right? So for people like me and you who are in the accounting finance field, we're surrounded by money all day long. We've kind of become numb to it. Mm -hmm. But the number one subject in the world that's hated the most is math.
0: It's math. Yes.
1: And people equate money with math. This -hmm. is why the majority of people do budgets in their head Mm -hmm. because they don't want to put it on paper. Right. Right. Number one, you're emotional towards money. Number two, you hate math. So you really don't want to deal with it. Right. But that's the that's the problem with money it's, is that it can hit you twice from an emotional aspect that you just I don't want to deal with it anymore. And it, it, it just it I've seen people literally almost physically become sick looking at their at their finances. So that's why I said it's more behavior, because it takes the progress. It takes the time to really churn out. But what you're doing is you're becoming a different person. Right. As you start to get your finances in order, mm-hmm. the things that appeal to you before you don't really care about anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Especially for me growing up in Queens, New York, you know, buy the chain, buy the watch, buy this, buy the big, all that stuff. It doesn't make a difference to you no more, because as you start to get out of debt, as you start to get your finances in order, you have different priorities now.
2: Right. Right.
1: So it's the change. That's why I tell people all the time, become debt free, not for the monetary aspect,
2: mm-hmm. but for
1: what it makes of you to achieve it.
2: Mm. That that's you gotta a problem there.
1: Yeah, you gotta you gotta be something different to get that.
0: To get that, the discipline. You
1: gotta change.
0: Mm-hmm. You do have to change, right?
1: You exactly. Do.
0: You do. I like what you said about the growth too, because you can you can be going through and yeah, all your bills are paid and yeah, everything is okay. And you can shop and you can do whatever that you want to do, but is, are things growing? Is your bank account growing? Are your investments increasing? You know, what is the, the growth that's happened? I, I always said, um, when you stop growing, you die, you know, our lack of yeah. growth is, is death, you know, so it's like, if you're in a situation where there's no growth, it's like, what are you doing? You're just existing, right?
1: Yeah. You don't stay, you don't stay in the middle.
0: Mm-hmm. right
1: you, there's no such thing as really stagnant either you're growing or you're you're going backwards or
0: you're going backwards right,
1: right? And, and, and that's just with anything in life you always want to keep put, you know you, you want to enjoy life but you also want to keep your mind sharp you want to keep right. you know reading you want to keep educating yourself you want to keep moving with that um especially with your finances right there's a lot of people they make good so when we were all were younger what they tell us stay in school so you can make good money right, right. Mm-hmm. That wasn't necessarily the right thing to say. It wasn't necessarily wrong. They had the best intentions, but that's what we should. That's not exactly what we should have, have really learned.
0: Mm-hmm. What
1: they should have told us was: stay in school so you can make good money, so you can keep it.
0: Keep it,
1: right?
2: Right. right? Mm-hmm. Like,
1: there's a difference between saying I make a hundred thousand dollars a year versus I have saved up a hundred thousand dollars. That's a whole true. right. They don't teach net worth to people. That's true. Very true. Right? They don't teach net worth because if we, if we, I, I told somebody the other day, if somebody walked around and you had to put your net worth on your forehead all day long,
2: mm-hmm.
1: conversations would be different. It
0: would be different.
1: Right. You got a big Ben's outside. Everybody's driving, having a good time. And your net worth says negative 250 K.
0: Right.
1: But you got a big ass Ben's outside. Uh, right. So I ain't adding up, homie. So it. like, that's why I said you have to track it over time. And it, what you see a lot on Instagram, especially in that, like that debt-free community type stuff. You see, people they track it, and it's a it's a major thing when they turn it negative to positive. Mm-hmm. That means you're worth you're worth more something money. alive,
2: right?
1: You know, and a lot of people they don't really track that. They just accumulate debt. They just spend, and they because society allows it to happen so easily, mm-hmm. right? You can be you can you can have a negative net worth or whatever you want, and you can still go into Raymore Flanagan and get a a couch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'll give it to you on credit, no problem. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. They don't care. You know, but that's change. what it, it has to be. A, you change to become a different person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and that change is what's going to pass on to the next generation too.
1: So, yes, because people talk about generational wealth, very few people do anything about it.
2: That
1: part, right? It's 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 it's, it's you know when you really break it down, and you have the conversation with them mm-hmm. and say, so what are you doing about generational wealth? I'm investing it's not it it's mm-hmm. not the only thing because you're investing your savings that's crazy you can't right, right? your savings is what's to preserve your money
0: right. that's not
1: what your, your savings is not to make you money your investing is to make you money, make
0: you money. right
1: right and i think like fundamentally i think that like eventually a, a, this is all gonna like turn negative really bad really quickly Because what I think is happening is a lot of people started to invest. They started taking money out their savings and putting it into the market. And everything started going up. And it was like, oh, my God, this is genius. Right. But what they don't realize is they're betting their emergency fund. Mm. And they don't realize that the market can also go that way. Right. So if you're you're not saving money properly and then the market downturns on you, you get hit twice.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: So generational wealth is not just investing, generational wealth is preserving what you already have and then growing on top of it.
0: On top
1: of that. Right, that's that's the generational wealth. It's, uh-huh. it's the building, you have to build a base before you build the house. Uh-huh. The okay. base is, right? The base is the savings. Okay. Right. So if something goes wrong, you can take care of it. You can take care of the
0: foundation, right?
1: Exactly. They're always going
0: to be okay, but then on the extra, that's what you're going to be using to invest.
1: Correct.
2: Okay.
1: Correct. So if you are so if I have six months of savings up, mm-hmm. right? Then I can allocate what I would have saved every month directly to an investment account. Mm-hmm. Mind you, that's also including me tapping out the 401k. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that debt free allows me to do. I get to max out my 401k. a 401k,
0: yeah.
1: Right. And that's that's an even harder one to do because. You're not, you don't, you're not seeing it right now. Mm-hmm. So it's just a number on a screen, right? In terms right. of your net worth. But nobody's thinking about being 65, 66 at that. They, they don't, don't wanna think about that. Mm-hmm. But we all, we all have to think about it. We all getting older, we all have an older generation above us that we're looking at like, right, how can we do it a little bit differently little bit to, different. to support right.
2: them, right. exactly. Right. So
1: that's what debt-free allows you to do certain things. You can mm-hmm. max out your 401k. You can have an own private investment account. You can save, you can be charitable. You can start to breathe differently. When the market had a downturn last year in March mm-hmm. and everybody's freaking out, people are losing their jobs. My job was cutting pay left and right. I was able to withstand it almost without a blip on the screen
2: that's because
1: awesome. my six months was already there. It
0: was already there. Yeah.
1: Right. And that's before touching my investment account. So that's what I mean. It's, it's that real wealth is built on that foundation. It's, it's, uh, it's the expression is called Murphy's law, Mm -hmm. right? Anything that can go Mm -hmm. wrong will go wrong.
2: Right. Right.
1: Right. You ever noticed that the minute you start trying to get out of debt, the minute you start trying to be nice with your money, that's when everything goes to hell. It's true. Mm -hmm. That's when, that's when your kid goes and breaks something in the house. Right. right? That's when the roof leaks. Right. That's when the car needs the extra fix. Mm-hmm. right? It's always like that. The minute you start to try to save money, they start throwing mm-hmm. um, things at you, like, you know, there's sales now, right? You can go to Macy's and Target and this, that, and the third. It happens all the time. To see how
0: serious you are,
2: right?
1: Yeah. I, I'll tell you a joke. I remember one time um, I was with my mother. She was actually, we got to a point where she can, we can help, you know, pay off her house and finally be done with it. Awesome. And I'm sitting there with her in Bank of America, and this is not a knock to them, but this is the mentality they have. We're sitting at Bank of America and I tapped my mother on the, on the shoulder and I said, watch this. So she signs the to check. We pay everything off. And they said, yeah. So do you want a HELOC now, you know, a home equity loan? Do you want to take an equity loan to start, you know, doing things on your house? Because remember, the minute she just signed the check, she's no longer a paying customer. Right,
0: right. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. They're yeah. no longer a paying customer at that point. It's the same thing as for a lot of people who lease cars, for example, the dirty secret about leasing cars is that they know you're paying, okay, a little bit less than a regular car note, but you're still paying a good amount. Mm -hmm. They are banking on you, not saving money. Mm -hmm. So once you start to lease a car, you almost can never go back to buying a regular car because you never got nothing saved. So for you just keep re-upping on new cars every three, four years, you're spending, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on a car you don't own mm-hmm.
0: giving away money. Mm-hmm. never owning it
1: yeah exactly <laughs> and it's it's a sad it's the sad truth they on um, they um i was watching one of your um one of the the, the issues that you had or not issues but one of the, the the videos that you had um you were talking with somebody specifically about behavior and how the purchasing pay, like they would talk about Starbucks, how they have like the circle tables, for example, mm-hmm. and they spend thousands of dollars studying whether you're going to be comfortable on a circular table versus a rectangular table,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? right. The colors that they use. Right. So for everybody watching, for example, if you guys want to do, I, I study a lot of behavior on mm-hmm. my personal time, for sure. Mm-hmm. Watch TV, turn on CNN. Every time you turn on CNN, there's breaking news. How's that possible?
0: Right?
1: Right. Look at the colors that every one of the news channels use. It's always red,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? What does red invoke? Passion, Passion. anger mm-hmm. tells you to stop.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So breaking news in red and white, you're automatically glued to watch the TV. Wow. The sounds that you hear, right? Trigger things in your brain. They, these people spend thousands and millions of dollars trying to study your, your behavior. So mm-hmm. what do you think they do with your money? It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Yeah. Right. What's it going to take to get you to spend your money here? So mm-hmm. Exactly. But we have to we have to change that. So, you know, the goal is to be debt free, to be financially independent, um, to save for generational wealth. Um, And and I like what you said about it, not just being um, the money. It's not the money. It's the education, too. So how how are we educating people? So.
1: Correct. You have to we have to change it somehow. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be easier to change from person to person than it is from like a, a top-down approach.
0: Right.
1: The reason why I say that is because for me personally, for my friends of mine, for family of mine, they know me already,
2: mm-hmm. they've
1: been knowing me. I'm the same person, right? It, not, nothing's changed about me. But when you sit there and have a conversation with somebody and say, nah, you can be debt-free if you do this, this, and this, it's coming from someone that's relatable. That's
0: relatable. Right. Not
1: just someone who's randomly on TV, you know, talking all day long. And so I think, I think that's how it changes is when you take the practical sense and apply it in somebody's life. But even then, you also have to understand, even then you can have your closest friends, closest family. They still not going to believe you. Right. <laughs> right. Because <it's> <laughs> they believe you. They still want to go through the, the pain, the pain, the
0: process. Right. right. They don't want to
1: rip that Band-Aid. They don't want that. They don't. They don't want to rip that Band-Aid. They don't want to go through the process. Exactly. They'll say, yeah, I'll finance the car. I can pay it off. Don't worry about it. And you go, all right. Mm-hmm. So you how know, do we
0: how do we get past that
1: barrier? It has to be a personal decision, unfortunately.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Has to. You can educate people. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, you got to give people the information, but then it's your it's your job to walk. Can't drag them. You can't drag them.
0: right Can't
1: drag them, and that's the sad part. You can't drag them. Everybody learns at a certain age, and I have to be humble about that on my own. Because remember, I had student loans, I had a car payment, I had credit cards too. You couldn't. T- and mind you, I was good with money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Supposedly right like i was good (laughs) at money people were coming to me asking me about how to how to manage your money and it took me a while to make flip that switch so it's going to take people a while and they may never flip that switch but if you can if they can improve their finances like 70 percent compared to where they are now then you can still hand off certain things um so it it, that's that to me is the most important thing it's not just I, i i i've tried it, it doesn't work. You can't change people's mind. That's the one thing I learned about this whole Instagram thing mm-hmm. and like doing things on YouTube. I can sit here and blow a bunch of hot air and whether they listen to me or not, I have no idea. Right. right. right? Versus trying to tell someone and, and force someone, it just doesn't work. So you can just give the information away, but it has to be a certain level of personal conviction to want to change it. Mm. But you can give the information away though. You
0: can give the information away.
1: Yeah, so what, what people say all the time is, I wish I knew this in high school. Right. What's stopping you now?
0: What's stopping you now? Very good. So mindset, you have to have a why. You have to do a, set a budget. Correct. Look in the mirror at the details. Um, your why, when we said the why, and just plan for growth, it's, it's, it's a process. I think that's the biggest thing is that it's a process. It's not instant gratification. You're not gonna see instant results, Correct. right? So you, you're, it's gonna be over time, but, but have you found like one system that works better for getting that the momentum? You know, I know they talk about like the debt snowball and the debt avalanche, but you know, anything else that you can say, you know, that would help people to, to, to get the momentum?
1: I think either one of those approaches are fine. I think they're they're excellent approaches. So the debt snowball is basically lining up your debt from largest to uh, from smallest to largest,
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: you know taking the the debt from one and using that payment on the other, and then kind of a snowball effect as every one of them gets paid off.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then the avalanche is uh, basically lining them up um, from lowest interest rate to highest interest rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the highest no highest interest rate to lowest interest highest rate. Uh-huh. Um, the reason why is because you pay lower interest over time compared to the debt snowball. The reason why the debt snowball method works well is because it it triggers your behavior again, right? Here comes the word behavior.
2: Behavior because right. you
1: see action quickly,
2: uh-huh. Uh-huh. right?
1: So if I have like a fifty dollar debt, I can just pay that off and I can feel the progress. If I pay a low interest rate, that's my car, which is like, let's say 3%, but I have 30 grand on that car. It's going to take me forever to pay it off. Right. Um, so I think either way is important. To me, what I tell people is just pick, a cho- pick one and go. Just pick one and go. Don't, right. just pick whatever, what works for you. A lot of people, for example, like in that Dave Ramsey crowd, they use the debt snowball method for two reasons. One, they don't know about the dead avalanche, but number two, he's very smart enough to know that he's appealing to behavior first Mm -hmm. and people's emotion, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right? Because when people see the progress, Mm -hmm. they feel as if they're accomplishing something. Right, right. Right, if I have seven bills or debt that I have and I start off with the one that's a thousand and I can get that one away in like two, three months and I feel good about myself, that's different than the other one that's 50K that I got to start off with first. But Mm -hmm. attack it and attack it with diligence. Like really go in and, and dedicate your time. But still enjoy life. That's you know, leave part of your budget to try to enjoy life because you don't want to be miserable. A lot of people stop with the budgeting and paying off debt because they get miserable, it gets too much. Mm -hmm. And here's another thing for people that a lot of folks don't really take into account. When it comes to money, and particularly in in relationships, your debt is her debt, Mm -hmm. her debt is your debt. Mm -hmm. So if you (laughs) start a debt-free journey right that means you and your husband right, right. are now on this journey right? right because you only are as strong as your weakest link
0: right that's so true.
1: too often i see couples trying to do things in their own way and that's the one money is a very big contentious topic in a marriage in mm-hmm. a relationship trust me i know this mm-hmm. right i know it firsthand <laughs> you know, trying to have these conversations of debt, they could drive people through the wall right. and not everybody can receive the message the same way. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're restricting me with money. You're, you're trying to control my money. No, I'm trying to help you. Right. But if you are in a relationship and you're trying to get your finances in order, ensure that your partner is doing it with you. So you guys have skin in the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Too often it's like the guy doesn't want to do it, but the woman does. Mm-hmm. It happens so often. Absolutely. The guy's like, I, I don't want to deal with this. You right. read in books and all this kind of stuff. I just, men are wired differently to just go and get money
2: mm-hmm.
1: and flip money. Women know how to preserve. They're naturally in, they, they, on average, right? Just as an average, mm-hmm. they know how to preserve
2: right. and
1: they know how to think ahead mm-hmm. as it pertains to finances. Men, on the other hand, they want to flip that money today. So you have to make sure both are on the same, on the same page.
0: So what's a tip that you can recommend if if
1: you're not? So the first thing I think you need to do is you have to open up the level, the the area of communication. You have to open that up.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So a a few things I recommend to people. Like, so, for example, let's say you're a woman and you're trying to talk to your husband or you're talking to your man. You're talking to somebody you want to spend the rest of your life with. You know, don't talk to him about money right after he comes back from work. Don't do it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Don't talk to him over liquor with it. Don't talk to him while he's trying to watch football, basketball, whatever the case is. Don't do it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Take him outside of the environment Mm -hmm. and casually talk to him about what his financial goals are. What do you want? Right? Remember it's the why? Mm -hmm. why. What do you want? What are you looking for? Yeah. You know, I want to leave my kids this down and third, and then work backwards Mm -hmm. because what happens is if you can slowly and calmly and it's not going to happen on one conversation, by the way, right. just caveat. But if you can work slowly backwards and show them, hey, look, if you want this, well, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, and we got to start here,
2: Right.
1: then it starts to kick in, right? It starts to kick in. And then if they, you lead by example, mm-hmm. right? They see you reading the books, you talk to them about the books, you see them watching the videos, you talk to them about the videos, you try to make it inclusive do not under any circumstances try to force the issue though you can't for remember a lot of people think about these people are married they're having sex they're doing all these types of things but when it comes to money that's yours this is mine i don't want to hear it Mm -hmm. so there is this constant push between people to say this is my money that's your money leave me alone to bring someone two people together to say this is our money now This is, it's different. These are our kids. This is our house. This is this, and a third. But for some reason, when it comes to the money, it's always separated. So you have to try to bridge that gap as much as you can. And I think you do that slowly. You have to do it. If you try rushing it overnight, it's not gonna work.
0: That's very good information because a lot of times I know, um, you you know, like you said, it's, it's husband and wife, different communication styles, different money styles. Yeah. So being able to bring that together and to know how to do that because it's, it's challenging to, to go forward when you're not both on the same page.
1: Correct. And it you, can, and you can grow
0: when one's not growing with you.
1: <laughs> correct. And you can try to find a a, a, a mediator, someone mm-hmm. who doesn't take any sides
2: mm-hmm. to
1: help. Like I've done that with people where you, you don't take any sides and you try to call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it helps the guy kind of see it men in general right and i said in general i don't like using over generalizations but in general we don't like asking for help mm. uh, you know one guy doesn't go to another guy asking how you get the money right. we want to be the one we want to be the plug right? Right. Right. <laughs> right we want to be the ones to get the money we want to be the ones we have pride this and the third um, and even in women sometimes too you don't want to ask people for 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 help and this and a third so you got to figure out what your partner's you know, they, sometimes they call it love language, but you also got to, you know, talk about your partner's money language.
0: Money language, yeah. Right, That's What?
1: Different. how do they speak about money? Mm-hmm. And a lot of time people speak about money in fear, right? Sometimes the aggressiveness behind your money language is probably fear.
2: Wow. And remember,
1: a lot of these people did not grow up with any money.
0: Trying to Instagram
1: it. <laughs> no, no, no worries.
0: <laughs> let's see if it comes out um okay very good so anything that you want to leave I, I, we've talked about a lot you know personal finance budgeting um investing just so what what are your goals for the future
1: i mean for me personally again is to keep educating people as much as i can i think um robert kiyosaki the guy that wrote rich dad poor dad mm-hmm. Um, I remember in his book, he mentioned, I read it recently, I think he said, you know, most people have a profession, and everybody should have like a business.
2: Mm-hmm. Sometimes
1: they're the same, sometimes they're different. Okay,
2: right? right? A profession
1: is what pays you money, your business is what's going to make your money make more money, mm-hmm. right?
2: right?
1: To me, I would add the third, everybody should have a purpose, because your purpose is what's going to drive mm-hmm. you
2: mm-hmm.
1: after everything. So for me, my purpose is always to educate, um, you know, Black people specifically, you know, minorities in particular, but just Black people on, on money. But for me, my goal is the next stop is hopefully to buy a house. So I'm in Brooklyn. I'm in an apartment now, mm-hmm. um, but hopefully is to buy a house. But again, because you read the paper, you read everything. I read the Wall Street Journal. Hell no, I'm not buying a house now. No way. <laughs> right? The price is 20%. I don't care about the interest rate. Y'all keep the interest rate. I don't care. It could be 7% by the time I get a house. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. I'm out in seven years. Right. As far as oh, I'm seven concerned. years, that's how I see it. Yeah, so for me personally, it this is again, I hold, I'm hoping this happens.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: the way that I want to buy a house is that I put enough money down mm-hmm. so that I can get a 15 year mortgage, mm-hmm. so that whatever I'm paying now in rent, right? Let's say I'm paying 1800 here in rent, I don't pay more than that in mortgage, taxes, and insurance,
2: right?
1: So mm-hmm. My lifestyle doesn't change, right? right. Mm-hmm. It has to be a 15-year mortgage. I'm not doing 30.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I have to have a plan to get out of this mortgage in seven years. That's
0: seven years.
1: Okay. Gone. And I'm out of the game. So, I mean, that's what, if I was going to leave with something for everybody, I would leave this. Make sure that, and this is not a quote for me. It's actually a quote from the richest man in Babylon. Um, a part of all that you earn is yours to keep. If, you, if everybody who's watching this understands that one concept,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can change your financial life around.
0: Financial life. So make sure you're saving something out of
1: everything that you make. You're the one that worked. You're mm-hmm. the one that went to school. You're the one that did everything. You sacrificed all this time to be at a job that you probably don't like.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Make sure a part of all that you earn is yours to keep. It's yours to keep. Okay.
0: And then I have a question re- regarding that I know that's supposed to be the last one but do you do you recommend any particular savings plans or investment plans that are good for um, people that have limited amounts or lower amounts of money to invest or save so the kind
1: first of like thing is automatic
0: d- savings plan
1: yeah I think automatic savings plans so you, like, this is where you know yourself from a budgeting standpoint maybe you're not the type of person who likes to move money every month into your savings I do I like to see it move. Mm-hmm. maybe you know but if you can have an automatic savings that's great mm-hmm. because it does the job for you the only way you can know how much you can save though is you need to do a budget first <laughs> <laughs> right like that's the only way the only way you know how much you can save is to do the budget first because the budget's going to show you what you can afford,
2: you
0: can afford.
1: right so well, you can be like all right i can do 200 okay fine but maybe you can do more maybe you can't do 200 you can't when 200. you can put everything on paper
0: well, I always try to tell people, you know, I don't care if you save $25 out of a paycheck, save something, you know, yeah. and you can go and you can set up like, um, was it a Capital One 360? I think it is. You know, you can set up yep. that account. You get paid on the third, you have your $25 come out on the fourth, Correct. right? And even if you're not budgeting, you're still saving something. You're not spending Correct. everything because you'll figure out a way in order to get that $25 back.
1: Correct. Right. And then over time, you know, we're think, kind, we're we're it...
0: kind of build up some momentum. And then you can, you know, even if they're not, yeah. hurting, it's
1: still something. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could do something, right? <laughs> something is better than nothing. Right. But one thing I will tell people, though, right, is that $25, right? Because we're math people, mm-hmm. you start to work out the number now and you say, all right, you're saving this percentage of your money. When they right. see it's less than 1%, mm.
2: that's
1: when it starts to get shaky. Wow. That's a
0: good point
1: right because think about it right let's say you make four grand a month mm-hmm. and you saved fifty bucks fifty bucks right you make yeah. four grand and you saved fifty dollars how right now you just like you could have three kids you could be a single mom single dad it could happen no questions asked say whatever you can
2: mm-hmm.
1: but If you did it just to build the momentum after a while, you want to, you want to start upgrading yourself because you're realizing this is not going to be, you're not going to remember your financial goals. This ain't going to be able to buy your house. Right. Not at this pace. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be able to buy that car that you want. It's not going to be able to give the kids the college tuition that they want.
2: Mm -hmm. It's
1: time for you to elevate. But if you want to start with something, start with something, get into the habit of seeing part of your money being deferred later later on. Later
0: on. Yeah. But I like the percentage thing too. You know?
1: Yeah, so I always use 10%. 10% mm-hmm. is is the number. I mean, you can look at it biblically, right? 10% was always the number for charities. 10% is just an easy number. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'll, I don't know how, how much time we have, but um, the 70-30 rule was a a, a number, a rule by Jim Rome that was a motivational speaker back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And what he said was that you live on 70% of what you make. The other 30%, you allocate evenly to savings, investing, and charity. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe you can't do that. Maybe you can do 97, one, one, and one, mm-hmm. but right. you build the habit first.
0: Right. Right. Because
1: it's the habit that's going to sustain over time. It's going to level out and start changing percentages. Right. And, all. and then you have that goal. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Something to work towards. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you very much, Joelle. Um, you guys can find Joelle on Instagram at joel and also on YouTube your YouTube channel is the same name, correct?
1: Yes. Yes. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. That thing takes forever to grow. So, yeah. just, oh God.
0: Good information. I was actually, I could tell you binging out on some, some videos today. So yeah, good information. So awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. You guys, um, please remember to like, subscribe and share if
2: you're watching on YouTube and the same with the podcast and we will talk to you soon.